0: Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome back to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Raley. Our campaign is The Curse of Nineveh. It was written by Mike Mason, Mark Latham, Scott Darwood, and Paul Fricker, and it's available from the Chaosium website. I'm the GM, and this is episode 14. Our recap will be given by John Byron. So, without any further delay, let's continue our journey into the darkness.
1: John?
2: Thank you, Tom. Yesterday, I believe we made the best decision of our lives. We turned it all over to the children of tranquility. Vadim had reached his limit. I suppose we all had. There was probably a hundred ways it could have went, but in my opinion, dumping the tablets on that that damn Naboo statue onto them was just what the doctor ordered. After a solid night's sleep and... A delightful Wentworth breakfast. It was time to get back to work. A trip to the flat of Willard Pynchon was interrupted when my entry was foiled by Marion Sheverton, the nosy neighbor. Clearly, a return trip is in order. Until the sun sets and gives me an opportunity for an alternate entry, I'm afraid my best bet was to return to the club. All right.
0: So shall we start then as you're if you're all of the club? Um what are your plans at this point?
2: I need to fill you guys in on what I saw. Uh there was nobody else in his apartment. I showed up. The I wanted to make sure that nobody was gonna step, was gonna see me go in. So I made plenty of noise to draw anybody that may be in earshot. And of course there was someone. There was Uh, There was Marion Sheverton. I believe I played it off enough to where she's not expecting too much or she's not suspect thinking that I'm trying to break in. Although that's exactly what we need to do. There's a few other ways in, but we're not going to be able to do it in daylight and more than likely we're not going to be able to do it as a group of five. So we'll keep it, keep it low profile. I don't mind going back and, and busting in, just in case she does see me. At least I can say I'm still trying to save my cat, Mr. Meowkins. Uh, so that's pretty he's much where we
3: This a neighbor? This a neighbor.
2: Uh, yeah, she lives. He's on the second floor. Willard, uh, Willard Pension is on the second floor, and she is directly across the hall. Their doors are, are are basically just right across from each other. So she's right there if anything
4: gets loud. Hmm. so you didn't make it into the apartment you just scouted no. the outside
2: well i, I was out I was inside to the front door it's got the shared hallway right right you, know, you have to enter the building to go up and uh but no i didn't actually make it into now the door was pretty roughed up it looks like the police may have kicked it in okay so but still i, I really don't think we're going to be able to use that
4: and what did we need to refresh my memory? What did we need to get from inside there?
2: We don't know what's in there. Maybe okay. we were checking to see if he had a wife, kids, or anybody else that may be gone, which obviously he doesn't, because the place was the place was deserted. And it sounds like the police pulled him out of there in the middle of the night, kicking and screaming. He had lost his mind, covered in blood.
3: In his own?
0: Not sure. Well, as you recall, you had a newspaper article that you'd found uh, that said that he had been uh, that he had been uh, alert that the neighbors had been alerted uh, by his screaming, and uh, they thought perhaps he was having a heart attack, and they broke down the door, and uh, he had injured himself, and that he's now at Bedlam. Hmm.
2: It'd be interesting to see where those injuries are at. If it's wrists and uh, wrists and feet, was it that the folks were cutting off, cutting limbs mm, and
3: tongue? Yes. And except for Thompson, he's the last survivor mm. is, that we know of. Is that right?
2: And Simpkins. Yeah.
3: And Simpkins. Right. Are they in the same institution? Do we know?
2: Uh, yes. Yeah, they're in Bedlam.
3: Well, we can, uh, you know, if we want to interview Punchin, we're going to have to wait until business hours and perhaps concoct some sort of probable explanation.
4: Is there any sort of semi-formal document we can come up with and just uh, go to the apartment? And if that nosy neighbor comes out, simply show it to her, say, Felix brought us to give him legal access or something.
3: I mean, you could try it. Yes, for that matter, without even documentation, we can say. Well, oh, I don't know. Do you think that the door is sufficiently damaged, Felix, that we can get in without no, a lockpick set?
2: Can, yeah, we could. We can probably get in
3: because uh, we could just claim to be a lock a locksmith that came to assist know. the rightful tenant. Maybe put some coveralls on. Yeah, only two of us, maybe. She was an older
2: woman, so
0: she probably she goes might retire bad. early. yeah
2: She was quick to come out that door when she heard me though that was the that's the bad part. She's a little bit of a busybody.
0: Let's say also that at this point in time, you have come under the attention of the police in Scotland Yard and certain people there who know that you are investigating, you know, so.
3: And we are gentlemen and you are gentlemen. Yeah. Right. The risk is not enormous.
4: So maybe we should just all head over there after breakfast and uh, if she comes out, we speak to her politely and we go about our business.
0: I believe it's actually late
3: afternoon, isn't it?
4: Oh, yeah. sorry. Uh,
3: yeah, so we can uh, assuming that she um, listens to the radio for an hour, has uh, another cup of tea and retires at 7 or 8 uh, especially if the door's been compromised. We can all get in there before she even pokes her head out, I should think. Uh, and the more eyes there are, the more likely we are to find something if there's anything there worth... The floor is going up the
0: stairs and across the uh,
3: the hall are carpeted,
0: so they didn't squeak or make any noise, as you recall.
3: Quality Georgian construction.
2: Quite the affair.
3: Yeah, so let's uh, let's, um, someone Sykes have a, a decent meal, uh, and then uh, repair to the Punchin estate. All right. I'm also eager to see how I sleep tonight. yeah
0: all right, so you have your meal uh, it's of course, as always it's good uh, what what exactly are your plans timing uh are you going to
2: get anything or take anything with you? I want to stop I'm uh, bef- before we. Before we go all the way over there, I'm gonna swing by my place. I actually have a, a couple of sets of coveralls, just very drab workman's coveralls. Gonna grab two sets, throw them in the back of the car, uh, in case we get, in case we get foiled, then we'll uh, we'll have them ready to come
4: back. All right.
3: Yeah, a couple of uh, electric torches, um, uh, maybe a couple of sacks in case we want to take anything out. That we there don't should want be keep. lights on in the house well I, but it, if we we don't want to attract any attention so if it might be advisable to use the uh inbuilt system where it might not be
5: i mean that's the- fine i mean but i would think it would be a lot less suspicious to turn on the lights in a room as mm-hmm. the people seeing flashlights
3: going in in the room that was not unreasonable at all I but there might be-, be something broken some dark crevice
6: I'm going to uh, I'm going to go ahead and bring a i uh, cam- um, I'm going to go ahead when I, get, when I get a chance to go, I'm going to get my uh, portable camera and uh, my own torch.. There as well.
1: <laughs>
5: portable camera. Portable. Would it be a
4: brownie at this point or no?
5: Yes, it'd be a browning. Yeah. It'd be a browning, however, portable is a very loose term. Oh, I mean, it's like a loaf of bread. No, it's bigger than that. Is it? At
0: mm-hmm. this time... No. It was, Brownies
5: were about like this. Yeah. At this time, they're using... Most of the cameras that you find commercially are bigger, like, you know, maybe two feet by a foot. Well, you like,
0: uh, for a portraiture.
5: Yeah, but um. that's... I mean, that's what most of us are going to run into being a class. We're going to have good cameras, not just a cheapy Brownie. I mean, if you want one, that's fine, but.
3: Well, something, just disc- whatever's most discreet. Yeah, whatever for the occasion grab it, let's go. All right. Okay. Yeah. A couple sacks, of socks, a suitcase, um, gloves. And gloves. what time do you want to be there? Let's see if she stays up past eight thirty. I'd be surprised. Uh, this, how big a building is it, Felix? It was
2: just like a four. Was it a four?
0: I think it's One. a, a three-story uh, brick building, Georgian, um, and it's it's basically got a hallway down the middle with stairs going up, and there's probably an apartment on each side on the bottom, and an apartment on each side. On the
5: Are the stairs carpeted too? Yes. Okay. We can pretty much get in there without being heard in the hallway.
3: Yeah, so if we arrive there at 830, we can watch the building for a little while and see who comes and goes. Um, and then pop in and have a look about. All
0: right. All right. So uh, Felix knows right where the building is now. Exactly how to get there. Um so you drive up and you park nearby and you can watch the apartment and indeed somewhere around eight thirty, eight forty five or so you see uh uh the ladies uh lights go off. And if you want to wait a while after that.
4: It was 15 fifteen, twenty minutes, I heard those.
3: And the other windows of the building are mostly dark, or there's we see a little bit of family life or well,
5: Actually, Felix, do you know, is this like an apartment where the the owner of the apartment does not live there? Or is it more like a boarding house?
2: Uh, the, the uh, There's no supervisor, nothing like that. There's, okay. There's no building super.
5: Yeah, if it was a boarding house, they probably would have locked the front doors.
2: Yeah, well that's, that, but there's no super. I asked uh, Marion about that. Right. And she assured me there's no supervisor.
0: All right, so you wait until, let's say, 9.15 or so. Um, At which point, you haven't seen any more activity going on. All
3: right, gents, let's pop in and look about.
0: Absolutely. Maybe um, there's a porch light on or something like that, I'm sure. Um, All right. So...
2: Someone want to stay out, uh, stay out front. That way, they can start conversation if anybody walks in. In case we haven't made it in yet, I'd hate for somebody to walk up the stairs if we can't be heard. And there's five of us.
5: All right, I'll, I'll stay call. out front. All right. Smoke a cigar on the porch. All right. So the
0: five, the four of you, uh, go inside. Um, it's a nice building, uh, well maintained. Uh, you go up the story, this stairs to, uh, to Mr. Punchin's flat, and uh, you can see uh, the lady's door on the one side and his door on the other, and you can see what Felix was talking about. It probably was kicked in. It's just sort of been pulled
3: to. Police tape is not yet a thing, I shouldn't think. No, I don't think so.
4: Should um, I give it a, a little nudge? I'm going to grab it by the doorknob and try and move it, not slam it, like see if it, it can just lift almost off the hinge. Okay.
0: Um, I'm going to say that it actually comes to fairly easily. Okay. And it opens. Um, you find that it opens about uh three quarters of the way and then it bumps into something on the ground uh that sounds kind of
4: hard. It opens in. Yeah, it opens in. Oh, okay, okay.
2: Let's all hurry let's all move in and get out of this hallway and close that door back where it goes in case uh yeah case decides to come come sniffing around.
3: Sounds good. Okay.
0: You step inside, uh, and you had you didn't flip on the lights. You've left them off Not until closing the door.
2: Okay, yeah, I close the door first.
0: All right, you close the door, and uh, were you going to use your torches or flip on the lights?
3: Let's start with torches. You okay. can find the light switch that way. Mm-hmm.
0: So immediately as you flip on your torches, um, the apartment is. Uh, a large rectangle, for the most part. Um, Directly in front of you is a little sitting area. There's a couple of chairs, a a couple of little couches. Uh, And then you can see to your right, the room opens up into a larger area. There's a desk uh, with stuff. Now, the whole place is filled with books and papers and... uh, boxes of things and I mean the guy's not a hoarder but he's he's a professor and he's just got tons of stuff everywhere. Uh, Most of it hasn't been touched in a while you know he's started research on things and set it aside and it sat there for half a year. Um, Is there a lot of blood? Uh, You can see from where you're standing that in the center of the room on the carpet there is what looks like a big big splotch of blood and um, what did the door stop against uh what the door stopped against when you look down there are three rocks about the size of a baseball there's what i'm sorry a what they're rocks a baseball what's a baseball oh baseball isn't that 1800s that that got invented not in england oh okay not in england about three the size rocks. of an orange. Did They have oranges in there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and one of them, uh, there there are three polished stones. One of them is white, one of them is black, and the other one's just kind of a brownish color, um, like river stones. And uh, that's what the, the door sort of bumped up against. They were just laying on the floor.
3: Were they lying in it? In a
0: in an equilateral triangle, well, if they were, you bumped them out of right.
3: alignment. But uh... Um, uh, gentlemen, do you think it's all right for the overhead lights?
2: I'm not sure because if that light filters around that broken door, then I'm more worried about the lady across the hall. She's nosy as all hell.
4: Um. Do we have a
2: towel towel or something that we could throw under the crack? I'll take my
4: my jacket off and just put it There you go. Just to
2: block out that filtered light going out into the hallway and being seen. Then if you want, we can scoot those magic stones or whatever they are right up against the door so it'll uh, hold that closed as best as it can.
4: Yeah, I'm worried about touching anything else we find. I don't want to start this whole nightmare process over again.
3: Well, we do have a nightmare removal service now.
4: I was just about to say the same thing. We've got people for that now. Good, good call. All right.
3: So, block the light. It's going to be hard to look at all of this collection with just torches, I think.
4: Yeah, I'd say we turn the light on. Yeah, we, we'll all right.
3: So, the general layout is
0: you've got a large rectangular room. Right inside the door, he's created a little sitting room, like I say, but it's, it's just part of the larger room. Uh, his study is in the, uh, there's uh, French windows like going out onto a little half balcony, and his desk is sitting right in front of that. Um, that's over to the, the right-hand side. You can see there's a door across from you that most likely leads to the bedroom, and that there is a kitchen on the left-hand side. A little kitchen, kitchenette. Um, and that's all there is to the room. Uh, there are there is, in the middle of the carpet, uh, in the middle of the room, uh splatters of blood. There's actually a fairly large pool or or what would have been a fairly large pool, not like somebody was murdered, but somebody was injured. And then there's little splatters of blood on the carpet all over the place, you know, within maybe a five or six foot circle of that that area.
3: Is there a, a, a blade of any kind visible on the floor? Uh, you don't the... see
0: anything like that.
3: And it's carpeted, I assume? Yes. Or there's a rug?
0: There actually is an, a rug. We'll say an oriental rug on the floor there. Mm-hmm.
3: It's been damaged
4: now by the blood. Is there blood on those stones?
3: Mm-mm. Okay. And there are no markings on the floor where the stones might have been or where th- where the main part of the blood is? uh no, there's no you mean like a magical chalk or, barks or no, right nothing like that
0: um, there are odd piles of brown dust here and there on the floor there uh are books that uh some of them are open, some of them are not um it's it's uh, it there's a lot of stuff you know. He obviously has his fingers in a lot of different pies, and he looks like the crazy professor who's been researching stuff and working on stuff, and and it's
2: all over the place.
0: But and he
3: may have been unhinged since the last uh, expedition.
2: It looks more uh, like he was just busy, as opposed to the place being raffled through. Yeah, he
0: doesn't look. It doesn't look insane. It just looks like he doesn't have a housekeeper. <laughs> Is what it looks like. You can see that there are, if you, if you, as you glance sort of into the kitchen, you can see that there's dishes on the counter. There's some coffee cups um, that they've kind of piled up. So he hasn't been doing his dishes. It looks lived in. Looks lived in.
6: Reminds me of my place. Well,
3: I'm going to um, start uh, cataloging. Uh, the books, especially the open or actively looked at books. All right. Uh,
5: to begin with.
0: David, why don't you do a spot hidden for me?
3: 62 for 60. I will spend two luck happily.
0: Okay. Um, one book that's actually lying on the carpet uh, near the blood stains. Uh, looks like this
3: at Fragmenta Sargona, I believe. An hmm. old red leather bound text weathered. That's interesting. I don't recognize the title. Does that sound familiar? At Fragmenta, I think it's Sargona. Sargona.
0: Sargona. Sargona. Um, do a those of you who have a cult, do your occult rolls. That's
6: what I was going to ask. Okay. Vadim should know this, but he just totally whiffed it.
4: Ditto. push the roll. I got a sixty-six.
2: I... Yeah,
6: actually, I am going to push the roll.
4: Oh, I'm good. I
6: got
2: forty-six on 50, uh, forty-six on fifty-five. Oh, so Felix actually passed it? Yeah, I
6: passed it. 46 on
2: 55.
6: I'm going to push the roll for for Vadim there.
0: Well, I don't think you need to if he already got it. He exclaims. All right, so Vadim, you take a look at it. And you're pretty sure that this is kind of a collection of the writings of Sargon of Akkad.
6: Uh, fifteen fifty. Actually, I think that'd be Felix who who caught that.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I meant I meant Felix. Yeah, it's it's written in Latin.
3: Yes, Felix. And what do you know about this Sargon of Akkad?
6: Does sound familiar? Sargon of he Babylonian?
0: Uh, Sumerian.
2: It's Sumerian, actually.
6: Sumerian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh, like that.
0: It's about the religious beliefs of the uh, of the
2: Sumerians. Mostly, it's about the religious beliefs of the Sumerians.
6: <laughs> That's right. Yes, I remember hearing about this. I I
4: believe Albright speaks Latin.
3: Hmm. Mm.
6: This speaks would be his. This would be his 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 territory here. Maybe
4: we should take that with us.
3: I don't think we'll will mind if we borrow it.
2: No, I don't think he'd have books where he's at. Um, if he did have them, he'd probably just eat the pages.
3: Is it, uh, is it um, flipping it open? Is it? Uh, is it vellum? Is it? Uh,
0: well, it's a uh, it's a 1550 uh, transcription of the only known writings of Sargon of Akkad. Uh, yeah, it's probably on vellum um i don't think it would be on paper yet
3: no and it's hand printed uh yes it's it's transcribed by hand yeah so it's a valuable work yeah this would be
0: a valuable book all by itself
3: and it was lying open or closed next to the bloodstain uh it was lying closed so there's no page to make note of correct all right well i'll slip that into one of the sacks or with the briefcase that i brought Cyrus and Fuller, what are you guys doing?
4: I wanted to see if there was—is uh, there a bathroom in here, or is it a shared bathroom outside?
0: There's a—that's a, a question. I mean, I mean outside, shared, but in the hall. There's a shared bathroom down the hall. I,
4: so I'll investigate the kitchen.
0: Okay. Uh, you find pretty much what I said—that there's, there's, uh, there's food, there's food here, there's uh, things that he's you know, pieces of toast that he started to eat and then left them aside. And he wasn't very careful about that sort of thing. You know? So it's messy, but you don't find anything of particular interest in there. Okay. Fuller. He's
5: outside. Uh, oh, you're outside. That's right. That's right. Um, Sorry about that. Yeah. I'm outside on the porch, smoking my cigar, keeping an eye out for everybody. I forgot. Uh, all right. Vadim. Well.
6: I'm going to go to his bedroom and check out his bedroom. All right. See the condition and in, in anything that that uh is of interest.
0: All right. Uh you go into his bedroom and it's very much like the rest of his house. Uh his you know, dressing table has books on it and his his, de- his uh, nightstand has a couple of different things on it. All of them are just technical things, uh, uh, other people's writings on, you know, ancient religions, and um, some of them. Most most of them are written in English. Some of them are written in German.
6: Go going to look under the bed and in the closet to see if anything comes up.
0: Okay, go ahead and do a spot hidden for me.
6: Uh, basic success.
0: Yeah, you don't find anything, really. Uh, David. What are you doing? Or, uh, Felix and Cyrus, what are you guys What are, What are the three of you doing? <laughs> oh, uh,
2: the I... desk. Desks. Does he have drawers on that desk that's pushed against the French windows that look out onto the half balcony? Yes. I want to go through those drawers and see if there's anything in there that just seems special to him, that or that he was trying to keep, uh, Keep safe, just in case anyone were to come in.
0: Um, on the top of his desk, actually, there are four notebooks, and they are—they were obviously purchased as you know, the same kind of notebook over and over. Maybe his preferred kind of notebook, uh, but everything written in it is in cuneiform.
2: Cuneiform, sorry. How big are these notebooks? Yeah. About regular, like this, regular notebook. Yeah, I'm just gonna stack them up. They're coming. They're gonna come home with us. Um.
0: Uh, so you were also going through his drawers. Why don't you go ahead and do a, a spot hidden for me?
2: That's a 15 on that spot hidden. I had already rolled it. It's hard. All right. Success. All right. Cool.
0: Um. So you do find
4: what looks like a diary. I'll take that as well. Okay. I'm going to lift up the mattress, look under the bed.
0: All right. You you, uh, check under the bed, the mattress. You don't find anything.
6: Didn't see anything here, Cyrus.
4: I, I always hide stuff under a mattress, so I figured I'd
6: take True. a look. It doesn't hurt to put the extra set of eyes on, on the room.
0: The diary, by the way, is fairly thick. It's a fat, fat
4: diary. So.
3: Uh, All right. There are no uh, notable books other than that Fragment of Sargona around? Um, Nothing
0: that looks that interesting. That looks about the most interesting of the books.
3: Uh, so these little piles of brown dust, how many of these are there?
0: Uh, it looks like there were three of them. Uh, they're kind of scattered about, possibly because he may have been lying here and um, writhing around on the carpet. Um, when you look at them it almost looks like they're crumbled fragments maybe crumbled fragments of parchment
3: but not burned not
0: burned disintegrated um,
3: and and when you say pile do you mean well is it like the sand from an hourglass or do you no, mean more like
0: as if something had been sitting there that disintegrated
3: And they're all the same brown hue? Pretty
0: much, yeah.
3: They don't look like anything was impressed upon them. No. They just looked like they collapsed where they were. Correct. All right, I'm going to take a little bit on my finger and give it a sniff and then taste. It's not... Um, Sniff isn't too bad. Kind of dust. I don't know if... uh, um,
0: For some reason, just because there may be a few little flakes there... It looks like it might be have been parchment.
3: Uh Maybe something old that. But it had to decay rapidly to leave.
0: It it definitely disintegrated, and of course, you know that if a scroll is old enough, it'll do that if it's not carefully handled.
3: Yeah, you can pick it up, but it'll turn to dust. And they're all within a human limb span of the bloodiest patch on the rug. Correct which is also where the book was right. within Human limb span. Um, but Dean, when you have a chance, I think you should photograph these. I think that there's some indication that these were possibly texts that he was working with before. David, do a spot hidden.
6: Taking photographs while he's doing that.
3: Thirty-four is a success, normal. All right. As you're looking over the
0: scene in front of you, the placement of the, the, the piles of dust and the blood stains, and there there's definitely a one larger blood stain than the others. And if you sit and orient yourself sort of in the room maybe facing towards the windows where his desk is, that there's sort of a vague shape to it all that you might guess that Punchin was here on the carpet, maybe standing or kneeling, and that whatever the piles were, they were in front of him, and the blood, the blood stain, the big blood stain would have been where his right hand was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then the, the blood splatters that are everywhere are kind of centered on that spot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's almost an impression, you know, as if that was kind of the way the blood splattered.
3: Right, and there, perhaps the shadow where his body blocked blood from falling behind him. Right. There are nothing like candles, though. mm huh. uh, And there are no footprints in the blood or anything like that. Um, no. no not, nothing notable. No. Right. Yes, so gentleman, it looks as though... Mm and 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 vadim's photographs might help us see this and and perhaps you'll notice something that i didn't if i'm not imagining it if these were documents and he were making a sacrifice of some kind maybe of himself and he were facing without that's how this seems to be arrayed to me
6: now that you mention it it does look like he could have been magical ritual
2: Well, don't forget, we have these here, and I walk over to the door, we have these here, orange-sized rocks that look pretty
6: important. Mm. We should take those with us. Now, yes. from where,
0: from the orientation of what you're saying, uh, those
3: rocks would have been behind, behind. him and
0: over over
3: at where the door is. Although, of course, they could have got moved around With the constabulary involvement and his own shrieking, um, but uh, and and let's turn those over and examine them. Is there any mark on these stones at all? Nothing. Is there a place on? They're not spherical, but they're quite round. They're they're they're
0: they're smooth. They're not necessarily round, or they look like river rocks.
2: They're flat. Mm -hmm. Do I have? am a feeling a flat base, as if there's an up and a down to these things. Well.
0: I mean, a lot of river rocks do kind of feel that way naturally. So, yes, yeah.
2: Oh, this one chirped. <laughs> yeah,
3: but there's <laughs> no there's no obvious. obvious that's the secret. No, there's no obvious base, right? And they're not, and they wouldn't roll easily. You could kick them, but they wouldn't just roll like billiard balls. Huh? Right. Yeah, they wouldn't roll like billiard balls.
6: I'd like Is there to... any? Oh, go
2: ahead. I'd like to walk over to where those three piles are. Okay. Three piles of uh of the dust. Right. And I just want to set one of those stones by each one of those piles. Okay. And see if anything neat happens. Do a luck roll. Forty on forty on fifty nine. That's a pass.
0: Nothing happens. Ah just to build
2: tension. <laughs> now it makes you wonder, was I lucky that nothing happened? Did I not have the right color by the right pile?
3: And you said there's a black one, a white one, and a ruddy one?
5: Yeah. Oh.
6: Are there any places on the, uh, uh, like on the furniture or the shelves or anything like that where these rocks may have originally been? Like some That's areas this, that are a little dusty?
0: It's hard to tell because okay. there's so much stuff.
3: Uh, I'm going to just shift a couple of piles of loose paper and these piles of loose paper everywhere and and also look at some book titles uh, with an eye out to something that I might want to pick up uh, for myself or the Wentworth or for notes about what he might have... Again, if I flip through the fragmenta, there aren't any handwritten notes inside or anything. No. No. All right. I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm just gonna shift some of his notes around and see if anything indicates what he was up to.
6: I'm gonna start collecting uh the dust in separate containers uh to take with us. Okay. Carefully
3: Vadim, if you look at the largest flakes of that, is there anything that looks like text or is it just too powdery to see?
6: I think there might be a leather or two that's still left, but it's it's very it's very Delicate.
0: Do a uh, do a luck ball.
6: I'm good. Made it.
0: There may be a cuneiform text written on there. Little little bits of fragments that you can sort of see still exist.
6: I am I'm seeing bits of cuneiform on here.
3: Maybe there's just mm-hmm. not enough of
6: it left. It's, it's, but it's too far gone. I don't think we'll be able to get anything from it.
3: All right. Anything scratchy could look like cuneiform, but true. True. given that he seems to have a propensity to have used it as a sort of personal code, it is suggestive.
6: I'm wondering if he's not trying to do ritual to protect himself, kind of like what we were looking for.
3: Well, That's a very reasonable supposition. That would, mean that, he,
6: that would mean that he uh, knew something was coming his way, which might not bode well.
3: Just keeping uh, an eye on how many of his colleagues have ended up dead or in the madhouse would be cause enough for that.
6: Well, in the recent uh, recent uh, events with the uh, the Shade going about and uh, killing people for texts, he might but have speaking caught on of to which,
3: that. How is he in terms of... Um, artifacts. He has books and papers. Yeah, Yeah, he's got got
0: artifacts here and there.
3: Mm. Nothing that stands out there. No Naboo's that alarm us. No. I never want to see Naboo again.
6: Mm. Don't want to deal with that.
3: Can I move the carpet
2: just to see if there's anything beneath it?
0: Sure. Yes, there's nothing. Okay.
2: I'll put it back to where it was. So, You know, I don't want to be a bad house guest.
6: I would think that our answers might be in that book on the writings of Sargon there.
3: Right. Uh, and Felix found a few things in the desk too. So, and all uh, of
4: those notebooks. Sorry.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, how's the uh, how's the uh, the half balcony look?
0: It's it's more one that you can open up the windows and sort of take a little bit of a step out, but it's not it's not like you could set out there. There's not enough room for that.
2: Can. Can we see Fuller from that half balcony? Yes.
0: No,
3: he's on the porch. You can't. But you can see Uh. the car. Can we see any sinister men on street corners? Mm -mm. That's good.
2: Just thinking maybe we could throw the rocks down to him. Hard.
3: Well, we have a great deal of material to study. Um, And Vadim, I suggest on the off chance that there's something we missed visually that you snap a few more images of perhaps his desktop and the external rooms. But I feel like we might slip out of here and go back and study his materials safely at the club before uh, Mrs. Busy knows knows that we've been here.
2: Now you still have the book with the, for translations of the cuneiform, don't you? Back at the yes. club? Okay, good, yes. Okay,
3: that's good. good, good. It should be great. quite helpful. Um, does anyone feel as though we're missing something here? Is there blood on the ceiling? No.
2: no. Is there anything on the ceiling or walls written and, and scratched or anything like that?
3: No.
0: Can does, we- d- Does it term-
3: smell anyway?
0: Sorry, it smells like you'd expect it to smell for a musty, book-filled place. Maybe a little bit of that book mold smell, which is a
6: bad thing. But I got I got the photographs. I think we'll be good. I was just
4: wondering if we could determine what caused his bleeding. Is there a weapon? Was he hitting himself on the floor? You know, like is there? blood splatter a certain way, like is there a table, you know Do an idea roll for me, Cyrus Ooh, that's not my strong point I, 95 I think he jumped up and hit the ceiling
3: (laughs) Yeah, you don't see anything Um, You know, the question is whether the authorities took the weapon with them or, and gentlemen I only suggest this because of things we've experienced he was attacked by something that departed otherwise.
6: Or he, the, a weapon. or he could have done the ritual and the ritual didn't go
3: well. Right. Well, that's the attack. I mean, I you know, the the way the blood spatter presents suggests that he cut himself on the right wrist. but it, But if there's no weapon, either, again, the authorities took it and we might contact Scotland Yard tomorrow. Or there never was one that you know, in the normal sense. There was some great black beak from beyond that pecked at his right wrist and disappeared back into the void. Hopefully, is possible. Oh,
1: uh,
3: if he if he uh, performed his ablutions down a hall in the shared water closet, would he keep uh, his shaving kit in his bedroom or in that bathroom. No, he would probably bring it back to his room with him. So let's have a look in the bedroom for a shaving kit and see if he's got a nice clean safety razor or if it's missing.
0: Okay, do a spot hidden for me. 44 is also good. Okay, you do find his shaving kit in his desk and it is clean.
3: All right. And if I were going to cut my wrist for a ritual purpose, I would probably use a nice sharp razor like that. So that's something we should keep in mind and definitely get in touch with our associates at Scotland Yard.
0: All right, so are you we're going to
3: leave? Up.
2: Yeah, if, we're wrapped, if everybody's good with it, we probably want to slip out of here as quietly as possible and mm-hmm. kill the lights on the way out.
3: Lights out first, then lights door out. open, then mm-hmm. slip down the stairs quite.
4: I remember to grab my jacket, so I don't leave it there. Yeah.
3: All right. So, for the sake of fun,
0: we'll just say that you easily slip out. It's quiet. No, you're not bothered at all, and you drive on backward to the Wentworth Club. All right. So you've you've arrived back at the Wentworth Club, and uh, you've secured a a room upstairs where you can chat in private. Uh,
3: there's not many people moving around this time of evening. A few people at the Wentworth Club. I assume there are a few lads at the bar, but mostly people yeah. have gone home. Or, right? Um, th- there's a there's a primary safe at the Wentworth. Are there small places to keep things, or, or should we just take everything home and come back? If there was a cabinet in one of the lounges where we could put a group of materials and trust they'd be undisturbed.
6: Do we not have that uh, journal of uh, that we picked up uh, from our uh, our friend, still in the in the? We definitely thing? have
3: things in the house safe. Yes, I just wonder if we have yes. to bother with, because I'm sure Sykes has to open that or somebody, and we have to go through some procedure. Yeah, I think Sykes Sykes has. Well, there's not really anything
0: like that in the rooms. Yeah, um, there are out. like there are like bookcases with glass fronts on them, but. Any, uh, they're not locked. Anybody could open them up and take out a book or.
3: Sure, and you know, gentlemen that we all, and ladies that we all might be, a curious person, and you might wander off with a tome, and we wouldn't like that. Right. Um, who among us knows a chemist? I wonder. Maybe we'll ask Sykes tomorrow. I'd like to have the samples that Vadim collected of that powder analyzed and find out whether that's papyrus or vellum or. It's that other kid. Things printed on. We're curious to see if we can figure that out.
2: You know, I bet if we just took a tiny piece down to the museum, there'd be. We may be able to gain access back downstairs, where. Where we were kind of known, you know, the, hmm. the security did let us walk right through. And so, they have what we need.
6: That would be yeah. that would be a good idea there.
0: Well, I, I should say that it's it's really mostly dust. I mean, there's not much of a piece of anything that you can take. A f- tiny flake, maybe. But hardly something that, that they could identify. Maybe, maybe they could under a microscope or something.
4: Well, Reginald uh, can read or translate cuneiform, and Fuller, I believe, can read Latin. So. um you know what? I
0: bet you there's a microscope someplace in the club. Uh, the mm. well,
2: it makes sense? Mm. You know, in the library.
0: Yeah, I'll just give it to you that if you look at it under a uh, microscope, uh, you can tell that
3: it's probably skin. Hmm? Maybe from an and animal. there was an ink mark on it at some point.
0: Yeah, you're not still not too sure of that. It, it's definitely there's some sort of a. What looks like part of it, maybe a cuneiform, but you're really not sure. Um, right. yeah. But
3: distinctly, the papyrus would look like woven fibers, whereas this looks like something cellular and flattened. Correct. With the largest flake, we can dig out with lasers. You know, right, laser. right, very good. Um, well, I frankly um, haven't slept well for the last few months. Um, I'd like to, if it's convenient to lock materials up here, we can do that. Otherwise I'll take uh, the fragmenta home and, or actually maybe Fuller should take the fragmenta home. Before we part, actually, Fuller, you should have to look at this text largely in Latin and see if editing it strikes you. But Fuller's I would so love to slowly. sleep for 12 hours.
0: <laughs> we, we left Sleeps Fuller on, on school the school porch door. accidentally. On the back, on the back door.
3: <laughs> uh,
0: all right, so is that what you're going to do? you're going to fuller is going to take the Fragmenta Sargona, and um, you have four journals with cuneiform written all through them, and uh,
2: you want those Reginald, the notebooks?
3: You know, I'm not going to work on them tonight, so we could lock everything up here and meet okay. tomorrow okay. Uh, i've kept the I've kept the um the uh, guide to reading cuneiform here as well oh. so.
2: Now the diary was it in in cuneiform or was that uh, in English?
3: No, it's in English.
2: I'll take the diary home with me and read it for bedtime reading. I'll bring it back tomorrow. Okay.
6: Well, I'll send I'll send the pictures off with uh, my valet, and he will uh, he will uh, have them ready for us tomorrow afternoon.
4: Well, I have a novel idea since. Um, We were initially approached by a member of the club to investigate the death of a club member, and we constantly show up here for breakfast, and we're leaving stuff here. Maybe we can um, request one of the bedrooms here for a couple weeks, and one of us can stay in the room, uh, alternate in the room, and all the stuff we collect, the rocks and stuff we don't need to carry around, we could just leave in there, and it'll be... A revolving bedroom like I'll sleep here tonight or I'll sleep here for a couple days it doesn't matter then whoever's working on something if you want to stay up and read you'll have access to the bulk of the material that way it's all with here and we're predominantly this is our headquarters so to speak so I mean I don't think it would be too outlandish to ask to request that that, that would definitely be uh, within the realm of possibility that's what the rooms are for
6: That's a great idea. Let's go with that.
0: All right. But you'll have to arrange that tomorrow because people who run the place aren't here right now. Yeah. All right. So you all go home. Uh, Felix, uh, you read the journal. Uh, There's a lot of it. it. Takes you about three hours to read through it. And... Uh, We'll have you share with them the next day. Um, You all find that you sleep rather soundly. The best sleep you've had in months at this point. All right. So the next day comes bright and early. You feel refreshed. Uh, You can all uh, do a sanity uh, skill roll to see if you get any sanity back. I'll just give you that. Mainly because you're so pleased that you slept.
4: (laughs) I don't know how, but I guess the last time we got it back, I'm actually a full sanity right now. Oh, cool. I have a
5: question for you. Mm -hmm. If we roll sanity and you have to fail, I rolled a hundred. Okay, you failed. But do I lose sanity? No, you, you, you
0: roll
4: a 1d10 and add that to your sanity.
5: Oh, okay, so I just didn't get sanity.
4: No, you got sanity. You have to fail to get it, correct?
0: No, you failed, correct? Yes. Yeah, so now roll a 1d10 and add that oh. to your
5: sanity.
4: But my question is, do I get hit points back? Because I took a beating over the last few... Episodes, yes, you, know. you will You will all get one hit point back. I am at currently at eight right now out of 12. Is it
3: possible I've lost no hit points? I mean, I dodged the shadow. I think I might not have gotten beaten up at all. Yep, you got through it without a scrape. All I, I did roll a, an eight and totally wasted roll and failed to get any sanity advancement. Uh,
6: I actually went up by one sanity.
3: Okay.
6: So, and uh, magic points. Uh, how do you want to? Because I lost some magic points.
0: Oh, that's right. Magic points. I think magic points come back at a rate of one an hour. So okay. you should be back to normal. Sounds good. All right, so you all con- convene back at the uh, at the Wentworth Club, but now you're convening up in your private room
3: or okay. the lounge nearest that. Yeah. Okay. I imagine the bedrooms are a little bit cramped for.
0: Yeah. The group. Yeah. So we'll uh, say there's a nice little lounge area right there, and it's private. Uh, so Felix has in hand the the journal. Hmm. Most of it, most of it was uh, irrelevant. Uh, but uh, he wants to read some
2: passages to you that he read that are that are important. Well, I found these passages especially interesting. So, here's one, dated from two months ago. The scrolls were far too delicate to simply unfurl. They required very special care and expertise. I brought them home to conduct a thorough analysis under clinical conditions. They're quite unusual. I'm not sure of the material composition. It's thicker than calf skin. Could it be human? The cuneiform seems to be etched into it by some means. Fascinating. And you know, I thought about this, Reginald, and it kind of... I felt bad that you had both smelled and tasted the pile. So you may, you may want to change your technique on identification. So this next one is actually from two weeks ago. He says, I have the uncanny feeling I'm being watched, being followed from the British Museum to my flat. Is someone watching me? I find myself stopping suddenly and turning my head, but nothing is there. I cannot help that my paranoia is growing and that I am aware of it. I wonder, but I know that no one could possibly know anything about the scrolls, except no. Could it be that we have somehow attracted the attentions of the mysterious Guardians of Legend, the Children of Tranquility? If so, then God help us all." So then, he goes on, one week ago, is the next entry, something is terribly wrong. I was approached by two men at the British Museum, men I have never seen before. They had French accents. They told me they were employed by a very powerful man who they would not name, and that he would like to meet with me concerning my translation of the Scrolls of Endless Shadow, which I had been translating. No one could possibly know about the scrolls. No one. I denied that I knew what they were talking about, They pressed me for information, but I stood firm and asked them to leave, or I would call security. The Frenchman reacted angrily and threatened me. "The monsieur, you will be seeing our employer sooner than you think. Crazy, right? And obviously, I can't put it down at that point. So the next entry, from five days ago. It is vital that I complete my translation of the scrolls. There is a terrible curse that hangs over us all, like a thundercloud waiting to strike. It broods and boils and waits for its opportunity. Only by deciphering this fabled curse of Nineveh and its blasphemous rituals can I possibly save us all. The others will not listen to me, and so I must act alone and immediately. I'll try tonight to enact the ritual of protection as outlined in the scrolls. Then I shall be safe from harm and able to free us all from the terrible grip of Naboo and that's the last entry so he died trying to pull off this 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 protection ritual well he's well, not he went he mad hospital or he, he almost he died went he mad let out
6: went mad doing protection ritual that's what i was suspecting it confirms
2: now these frenchmen too now i other than the of Italians
3: and Frenchmen,
2: that's the thing. It's it, other than them being Frenchmen. It sounds just like the guys that exploded in my car.
6: I think they are in league with our uh, our warlock extra party there.
3: It also suggests that my suspicion that Thompson was the employer of the fellows, yes, who popped like overfed ticks, mm. might be mistaken. I disagree. Because he knows Thompson. A bunch of new Thompson. So he wouldn't uh, beat in the bush like that, I, sh- I shouldn't think.
4: But Thompson's grimy paw- paws are all over this still. Certainly.
6: Well, one thing is for certain about Thompson is that he seems to be rather exempt from uh, these uh, curses and uh, troubles that all of us have been facing. Mm-hmm. Including his own people, and it is also suggested that there are others involved in this too. If you re- read the uh, what they're written down, he said that there were others that uh, did not take him seriously. That could one of them could be Thompson, but there could be others involved as well. I, I was think,
3: surprised by that in addition, and it's, I'm wondering who that, that would be. everyone else should have been out of the picture by now.
6: Yes, because there's not that many people left from uh, these from uh, secret. This is the secret uh, foyer into, uh, how you say, the uh, Temple of Nabu.
3: Yes, it does make me concerned that there might be a third investigation that we don't know about. Otherwise, who would these others be?
6: Or other people that are involved with uh, pension and Thompson that uh, we don't know about. Perhaps the uh, facilitators for, for the secret mission to to, uh, to uh, the Temple of
3: Naboo? Perhaps. Now, I wonder whether the the Francophone visitors that he describes were not in fact just other members of the Children Tranquility that we haven't met yet because they were actively searching for information with the scroll of the shadow and we were given a translation of a scroll about a shadow by the children of tranquility. So possible, there, is but it a different set of scrolls? I, I just, I'm not certain. I think
6: uh, scrolls, a shadow are the, uh, what these piles of dust that are left over. Mm-hmm. And uh, I also think, yeah, as I said, these Frenchmen are, are in line with our um, other magically inclined party, this warlock that seems to be out there who likes exploding his own men because they mentioned their, their employer, not anybody by name, but their employer. So that would highly suggest that it is a warlock.
3: Um, keeper question. Mm-hmm. The scroll that we got from the, from Mr. Dean. The it one that the-, uh, the, the chains of pain. That was written in English, just on parchment. Correct. It's a modern something current. Yeah, I mean, it was
0: it was it was given to you in a format that was very. It was a scroll. It was had pretty little wooden dowels putting it together, but it was definitely modern.
3: As opposed to the you know the scrolls that um and thank you Felix for your sensitivity um I thought nobody saw me touch the dust of my tongue damn it damn it um we again
2: quirks, so, you, know.
3: you know and we're all dust yeah but it, the thing that we were given that we used could not turn into the kind of dust that we found in piles on the floor no They're just that's different
0: definitely tools. That's definitely you know modern vellum, so it's probably a you know calf or something like that.
3: Well, I needed I. By the way, did do you all sleep well?
6: Quite so. It uh, was actually nice to get a good night's sleep.
3: And no nightmares. None. For, first good night in months. Even you, Felix, despite reading that.
2: Oh, I slept fine.
6: I,
3: I think gone. if we had another month of sleep like this i would feel like a human being again instead of a shadow
6: beginning to think a little bit clearer now
3: um however given the news from the journal uh, i think that uh the best thing for me to do is repair to a corner nook with some of these texts and my uh new cuneiform uh semi-dictionary and see what we can find out about what our friend was up to. Oh, and Fuller, uh, I'll be curious to hear from your efforts what these Fragmenta are like.
5: Yeah, I suppose I need to do that. But before I start translating, I want to do an appraise of the book not just to find out if it's an original or copy, if it's worth anything, any backlog history of it.
0: For which book?
5: The fragment, fragmenta.
0: Okay. Um. Sure. I mean, uh, you can find references to it. Um, the book is written in Latin. Um, it is a handwritten copy from 1550, claiming to be a transcription of the only known writings of Sargon of Akkad. Um, it uh, it sheds considerable light on the religious beliefs of the ancient Sumerians. Uh, it's not it's not written by Sargon. It's uh, It's basically fragments that are translated into Latin from the original, uh, possibly uh, related verbally to a Jewish scholar sometime around the 5th century and eventually translated. Um, uh, The text itself would probably take you about four weeks to translate.
5: Okay, I'll start working on it.
0: Okay.
3: Um, so, what are you going to do next? Well, I'm well, going to start the um, cuneiform translation of the other books that we retrieved. Uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to do the First, which I think will be for English readers, the rearmost pages is look at the back front of each of them first and try to translate them to see if they're a continuous text or a series and in what order they would belong. So you're going to sort of are you saying like you're going to thumb through them really quick? I'm gonna I'm gonna thumb through them and then yeah translate the, at least the first couple. End pages on both sides, actually. Okay. Um, from
0: thumbing through them, you notice three things. One is that the that they're going to be difficult to translate. Um, the second thing you notice is that uh, these are these. Are, this is all handwriting by uh, Punchin, obviously. Mm-hmm. That as they progress, they get progressively. Uh, Weirder. weirder, not weirder, but uh, more scrawling, more furtive. That he's, that he's translating, and that he's writing stuff, and that his his penmanship was perfect in the beginning, <laughs> and it's getting scrawly. And the third thing that you notice is that you're pretty sure, at least most of the last book, is written in blood. It's dark oh. red.
3: So his collapse had been happening for a bit. Uh, but they don't have titles, they don't have different there's no. no it's just a contiguous whatever from ink to blood over three volumes. No. And as as you work
0: on them and as the game progresses, I'm I'll give you some hints as to what you're starting to figure out. I'll there's grab a pop do right away the same goes with
5: the,
0: the same goes with that fra- fragment of Sargon it'll take you
1: about four I'm minutes.
3: going to actually copy them as I go through too with translation because it, who knows okay. at what point something will collapse and, and you know the blood books I mean, you know I think that's an unstable kind of ink. I think they'll just turn to dust and fade away all right, I'm sorry. Cyrus, you were saying something? No,
4: while they're doing their studying, I was going to do my, my usual. I'll grab a pot of tea and the daily newspapers and look for anything strange and unusual.
0: Okay. You find a few more references to Punchin um, because he was an important figure, at least in, this, in the, the archaeology world, the fact that he's, he's been placed in uh, uh,
4: Bedlam under a doctor's care. Uh, Anything else? Nothing else that catches my eye? Mm -hmm. Okay.
2: Cyrus, can I get the classifieds from there?
4: There you go, sir.
2: Excellent. just want to look through these real quick and see if anybody else may be laying down an ad that uh, hints toward the children of tranquility other than us. All right.
0: Why don't you go ahead and do a spot hidden for me?
2: Okay. Twenty nine, on. It's a hard pass. Okay. Yeah, you don't find anything. Okay.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I left doing that <laughs> because if he doesn't pass, then he doesn't know that there wasn't
6: something.
0: Uh, and now you know for sure there wasn't. I know for sure, there's nothing there. All right. Um. So what? What's your next step? What are you guys going to do? Uh,
3: of course, our study is going to be ongoing. Fuller's and mine. Um, Correct. The question is: Do we want to um, approach Punchin directly? And check in on our friend Simkin.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Um. Or leave things be? And is there anything at the museum that we think is I. Uh, you know, that needs immediate attention. I mean, honestly, it might be worth seeing if we can find out how the development of the new exhibit goes, since I remain concerned that the exhibit might be the key, or the the gate to which the damn thing was the
6: key. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that, too. I'm also thinking that... uh... Checking at the museum may be a good idea to see if we can figure out these uh, French fellows and where they're from, because they might might have spoken with other people there. And if we could get a line on them, as they say, uh, we might be able to uh, track them down. Yeah,
4: I said we can go to the hospital. I think that would, that should be the first stop. All right. So
0: are you all going to go? Yeah, you all, you, you all can go. Let's stop splitting the party because it's just... Poor Fuller just sat there on the porch smoking a cigar. <laughs> all right. So you drive over to Bedlam. And uh, the first thing you notice as you enter are the very two famous statues on either side of the entrance um, of melancholy and raging madness. I think Raging Madness is the guy in chains. And some artist at some point thought, what a great idea for for a statue. Um... Uh, you go inside, there's a reception desk. Um, the hospital is of course not what it was when it was, when it got its name of Bedlam. Uh, it's in better condition now. Um, and, uh, you go up to the the reception desk. What do you want to ask?
2: Well, hello. Uh,
0: hello. What can I do for you?
2: Yes. Uh, we're here to see Mr. Uh, Mr. William Punchin. Uh, uh,
0: do you have an appointment? Uh, the, Mr. Punchin is a patient.
2: Yes, I don't think he has an appointment book set up yet. Um, he just came in.
0: He's under our special care unit. Um, they don't receive visitors. Uh, have you spoken with his doctor?
2: I have not. I didn't get his name. I didn't get his doctor's name. Oh, uh, his doctor is
0: uh uh Dr. Lawrence Dr. Alan Lawrence Dr.
2: Alan Lawrence it, and and this is really a long shot but is 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 Dr. Lawrence available right now or no
0: let me check okay and after a few moments uh she says uh uh what what is this concerning uh you just are you fa- family friends
2: well, I, w- I was his roommate for a little while. Not not Dr. Lawrence, but Mr. Pension's roommate for right. a little while.
0: Uh, well, um, I think that uh, if you're willing to wait a little while, Dr. Uh, Lawrence is on his rounds, but he'll be available in about 20 minutes.
2: Okay, gentlemen, is that, is that okay? 20 it's minutes? We can real wait real. 20 minutes, huh? For a good friend, Willard? All right. So she has you have a seat.
3: Felix, this roommate thing, I'm not sure if we can milk it that much longer.
2: Oh, that's all right. We'll let it go as long as it will. Once it dies, we'll shift. a
3: professional association that we can use.
2: Yeah, but it had to be close. I didn't know. And we're saying this quiet enough to where she can't hear us. (laughs) Yes, we are. Yeah. Look, I got his doctor. What more do you want?
3: Yeah, it's good. It's good. I'm just not sure it's going to work with the doctor.
2: We can change it then. Clearly they won't talk to each other.
0: So after about 20 minutes, um, um, a rather young, uh, good-looking doctor, you almost think that he's too young. Uh, He comes uh, around the corner, he talks to the receptionist, then he walks up to you, gentlemen, uh, I'm Dr. Lawrence, can I help you with something?
3: Thank you very much for seeing us, Dr. Lawrence. Of course.
1: Uh,
3: let me introduce uh, my associates. Uh, none of us actually knew Withered Punchin very well, although Felix has a long association with him directly, but we are very concerned about uh, what seems like it might be some kind of syndrome that would match uh, Mr. Puncheon's difficulties. You see, several people who were investigating ancient sites in the Near East have exhibited symptoms like what it appears Mr. Puncheon did. Are 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 you associated with Mr. Thompson? We are.
0: I see. Well, um, gentlemen, why don't you come into my office? Thank you. Um, so he takes you in, it's a nice size office. Uh, what you'd expect from a, I don't know if he's a psychologist or whatever you call him, psychiatric doctor. Um, he says, well, uh, it was Mr. Thompson that, uh, that, uh, committed him here. Um, what what can I do for you
3: and you're aware also of Mr. Simpkin, who's also in the, in the institution's care oh yes mr
0: simpkin uh he has had to have been uh, fairly heavily sedated
3: mm-hmm. He's
0: white yes. uh yeah <laughs>
3: yeah well and and we're concerned and as is uh, mr thompson that that they have a similar whether or not they have a similar affect or ideations or delusions. Well, Mr. Simkin is not self-harming. Uh, it, it would
0: seem that Mr. Simkin was simply not in a position to take care of himself. Uh, he was dehydrated, uh, malnourished, um, uh, suffers from uh, debilitating uh, nightmares. Delusions of paranoia. Uh, del- correct. Uh, though he has calmed down a bit since he's been here, he feels, as he put it, safe.
3: Mm, from That's a great deal. He's got paranoia, obviously. Uh, it, was, it was enormously difficult for us to comfort him enough to bring him here. Mr. Punchin, on the other hand, uh, uh, has to be
0: restrained. Uh, mm-hmm. He... Um,
3: he harmed himself rather badly. Uh, so I understand. In your clinical assessment, then, their uh, patterns of disorder are entirely dissimilar? Well, Mr. Puncheon
0: is more lucid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's um, in accordance with what we would expect. And... Uh, from what I understand of Mr. Simkin, Mr. Simkin's, uh, uh, neuroses have been coming on for a long time. Uh, Mr. Puncheon, on the other hand was, uh, apparently fully within his, uh, in his right mind just a week ago.
3: He was apparently lucid. Yes.
0: Yes. From what I understand, he was an active uh, member of the British museum. Uh, 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 well-regarded
3: translator. Indeed. We are aware, however, that he was already expressing uh, episodes of paranoia for some time. Um, Has he spoken about his specific fears since he's been in your care? Um, For the most part, uh, the, the first couple
0: of days now, Uh, He has been quite. uh, I don't know. You know, I I don't know technical terminology. I wish I did, but basically, he's been raving uh, for a few days. And um, uh, but he seems to have developed a. uh, I don't know if you would call it a friendship or whatever with the the other person that's in his room. And sharing a he's sharing a place. He's sharing a room. Yeah. Um, and uh, and his roommate seems to be able to calm him down. I don't know if they talk in the evenings or, or whatever, but... Uh...
3: It's a very promising sign. Uh, do you think, Doctor, that uh, under the circumstances uh, it would be safe for him and for us if we were to speak to him privately or with your presence? Well, I'm... I'm not
0: sure that's a good idea, gentlemen. You see, Mr. Punchin, he has suffered a great shock, so severe that he may never recover. Um, His physical injuries are extensive, and his appearance uh, is not for the faint of heart. Um, To question him on the events surrounding his self-inflicted wounds will, I fear, cause him a great deal of stress and... uh, possibly more than he could bear. Um, uh, even the, the police were forced to terminate their, uh, their, inve- their interview with him uh, because he flew into a terrible psychotic rage when they asked him how it happened.
3: Um, mm. Do you know, by the way, doctor, what implement he used to harm himself? Well, there was a knife uh,
0: that was found in, uh, beside him Mm. Uh, apparently he the police had to force themselves in Uh, he was lying on the floor he had cut himself all over and uh, they recovered the knife quite honestly it's it's bizarre it's it's quite bizarre
3: How do you mean? People injure themselves with knives with some frequency. Well, he seems to have been riding on himself
0: with the knife, scratching something into his skin.
3: That is uh, most unusual. Um, Can you tell me, if you had a betrayal of confidentiality, uh, the fellow he's sharing a room with, what is his condition? Oh, Mr. Wynne. um, Mr. I'm sorry.
5: Sorry.
0: I should have that right
5: there.
1: Oh. Give me a moment. I must have passed. Sorry.
0: <laughs> it's just a little... Uh, it's Mr. Lewis Wayne, mm. and uh, Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne has been brought here because he's a loon. No, he's not a loon. Um, he suffers from mild delusions, uh, but he's otherwise completely harmless.
3: And so you think that his um, impressions uh, of uh, of Punchin's behavior are reasonably accurate and well you're I, I'd like to ask you a few questions gentlemen how are you related to this case well it's all about Sarah uh, Shell Thompson after all and um, the concern and I have to ask you, of course, to keep this very quite quite confidential. Uh, and my uh, colleague, Mr. Matthews, will explain further. But the uh, there's a concern that some sort of contagion is possible, in that several parties involved in uh, the expeditions in the Near East have resulted in individuals becoming, in various degrees, mentally unstable. More, it, it is more frequent than any logic would suggest. And so the concern is, is there a fungus or bacterium or other animalcule that was brought over on these artifacts? And we have to keep that, of course, extremely private until we determine whether or not it's a real possibility. Well we can, we can certainly do test. experts. We can do. do some tests ourselves to see if we
0: can locate any any odd thing like that. But I'm not sure that uh, uh, quite honestly his psychosis is a bit baffling to me. And I'm not I'm not convinced there's reasons why I'm not convinced that his wounds were self inflicted. They're in places on his body where I don't think it would have been very easy for him to reach
3: yeah well that is a concern there may have been an accomplice there may again these people may have a shared uh delusion
0: and and you've been working you you're familiar with simkin you it, it would seem to me like you've been investigating this already
3: at some length and we have uh there are other parties who are no longer available to research because of violent uh, circumstances. And we want to prevent any further circumstance of that kind. Gentlemen, I'm,
0: I'm considering it to allow you possibly to speak with him, but, um, I I would caution you to be extremely gentle. Many of the staff, many of the junior staff are afraid of him. And uh, as long as none of you are too squeamish or, or uh, I I, I, I need to consider this. Um, Let's go for a walk.
6: Before we go, doctor, I have, I have questions for you, if I may. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this knife that caused wounds on, on, our, on our unfortunate fellow. Um, was Apparently three- it, was,
0: it was some kind of a dagger. A dagger? Yes, I believe um, the police have it.
6: The police have it. it do, do you know if dagger was a, like anything specific about dagger? or? I, I don't know. Uh, okay, so the police would know about that.
0: Yes, they should.
6: Very good. Thank you.
0: So he's the gentleman, you know. Let's let's stroll around the grounds and uh get to know each other. Let me let me you know ask you for more some more questions. So I'll do that. Um, all right. So I would like you all to do a spot hidden for me.
6: Ooh, a seven.
2: Twenty-three so that's a hard success.
6: Standard success.
3: 20 is also
6: great.
4: I failed. 81. Okay. So, as you're walking,
0: um, uh, he decides to take you out onto the grounds, which are quite extensive and actually quite nice. There are patients walking around. There are patients supervised. There are patients with orderlies. There are patients who are on their own walking about. Um. Obviously, none of these are criminal because they wouldn't be out here. And there's definitely a a criminal wing to uh, Bedlam. Those of you who passed, uh, maybe at the same time, maybe a little bit different, uh, you notice there is a young guy. He's in a white uh, patient, whatever they wear, And he steps out from behind a bush as you're walking past. And he begins to follow you at a distance of maybe 15 feet back. But as you're walking, he walks behind you.
3: He's totally unfamiliar looking?
0: Yeah, totally unfamiliar.
3: Looks like he's maybe...
0: 20, 22, somewhere around. Does there. he look Italian or French? Uh, he's got a kind of a dark, uh, maybe a, a pretty, the olive complexion to him.
3: Mm, he could even be from the Near East. Maybe. Uh, visible scars? No. 15 feet behind. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, keep an eye. <clears throat> Felix. Yep. You got that? Good on him, so doctor um uh has simkin uh improved significantly since we brought him in? I think that he's calmed down uh, he
0: needs drugs to sleep though
3: mm. yes, I think when we came across him, he had not meaningfully slept for. Months bordering years, um, and he was terrified of everything. Does he interact with other um residents? Uh, no. Mm. no, does he have a private cell?
0: He's afraid of everyone, yeah. Yes, he does. He has a private room.
3: A room, sorry, yeah. Uh, do you think that, uh, Miss, our, our friend, Mr. Punchin, will eventually graduate to a private room, or what's your prognosis as, as an experienced clinician? In well, at the moment, he seems to be doing
0: very well with his roommate, mm-hmm. and if we can keep them in a room together, then that saves us, you know, space.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you think that Mr. Wayne will be with you uh, for a long period? That's hard
0: to say. Uh, he he voluntarily checked himself in. Mm. Um, I think he's he just sort of as I say he suffers from kind of a nervous um, delusional. He's getting old. Uh, all his entire uh, his entire program he's paid for himself. It's it comes out of his estate, um, but. You know, uh, Mr. Punchin has no uh, relatives that we are mm-hmm. aware of. It was Mr. Thompson who has paid for and uh, and uh, asked that, that Mr. Punchin be given the best care.
3: Yes, well, uh, Reginald's a generous soul and they worked together substantively uh, over some course of years. And again, there is a concern that there is some uh, potential for shared disorder that Mr. Thompson, of course, being you know extensively travelled himself, is concerned about. Uh, how long did it take, Mr. P- uh, is Mr. Punchin heavily bandaged yet?
0: Yes. Hmm. Yes.
3: Head Have to- you seen his injuries yourself?
0: Yes. Yes. Before he bandaged them. Uh,
3: Were
6: there any photographs taken of his injuries?
0: uh, There were not. Mm. Yeah, he was in a great deal of pain. Agony, even.
3: Yes, I think he suffered a great deal.
0: From the extent of it, I would say yes. He he suffered a
3: great deal. Um, Popping out my handy notebook and turning away from the pages of what I... Wrote down in Mr. Puncheon's home. I'll suggest visually some cuneiform. And he says,
0: "Yes, yes, like that, this at all." That's that's very much what the uh, what the marks on his body—little tiny scratches making patterns.
3: Um, yes, it makes sense that he'd be obsessed. I mean, this has been his life's work. Uh, he's been writing in this ancient form. Hmm. Felix, you noticed that the young man,
0: uh, he's gotten closer. He's maybe 10 feet away. Um, and he's got, a, he's got a kind of a smile on his face. Um, he seems to be actually do a spot hidden for me. That kind of gives it away that there's something. (laughs) Uh,
2: 43 on 74, just a regular... uh, Okay.
0: You notice, actually, that he is stepping from one shadow to the other uh, in your guys' shadow. Your shadows are sort of back behind you. And every once in a while, he'll leap from your shadow over to Reginald's shadow. With this kind of bizarre, delightful look in his face. Um, But you're not looking directly at him. You're sort of, you know, keeping an eye on him. But he's getting closer.
2: That's all right. When he gets about, uh, when he gets about maybe six feet from us, Uh I want to turn around real fast and say, what are you doing?
0: All right, so we'll say that that moment comes. You guys are on the grass. And uh, he gets about that close. And so you turn around.
2: How are you doing?
0: And he looks up at you and he goes, wait, what? You can see me? I can't see And he suddenly runs, runs away. And the doctor looks over and he says, that's just John McIntyre. He thinks he's invisible. Hmm.
6: Let's see his story.
1: Uh,
0: And he tells it to you.
1: (laughs) Mm, You know it's odd and
2: sad. You know it's odd, though, Doctor uh, Doctor Lawrence, that he would only think he was invisible while dancing in our shadows. Psychosis is weird. Maybe it means more to us than it would to you at this point. It's peculiar, though. And I don't use that word very often. Uh
0: I want y'all to do another spot hidden for me.
5: 20 pass.
2: 42
4: pass.
6: Normal success. Normal success.
4: I have not made one roll this game.
0: Um, So those of you who are, I guess uh, Cyrus, you're sort of walking a little bit ahead, looking at the grass and the flowers and stuff. um, The rest of you notice a man walking by. And the man has a puppet, a hand puppet. And the hand puppet Uh, It looks like it's fashioned to look like a a woman in a dress with a hat on. The hat is red, the dress is black. And as he walks past you, he's almost like an, an automaton, like he's just walking in a straight direction. But the puppet is looking at you as he walks by.
3: How long have you been at Badlam, Dr. Lawrence? Uh, Two years now. It's a challenging environment, isn't
0: it? Um, It's very interesting. Um, Don't let it get to you. Uh, People develop some very strange... They go to very strange places in their minds. It's fascinating. We have believe it or not, in the men's wing, we have an old gentleman. He's in his 80s, and at certain times of the day, he gets up, walks to the middle of his room, and dances with somebody who's invisible. Now, that's not so unusual, except that his wife who is also in her eighties, is in the women's wing. And she does that at exactly the same time that he does.
3: It is remarkable. Can't Have you tried it. different
0: musics? Well, I don't know. I don't know how they're timing it, but somehow they know when the other person is dancing. Hmm. Gentlemen, I think I'm going to let you talk to Mr. Punchin, but. I do caution you. Please don't get him upset or riled up. Uh, I'll I'll take you in there now. Uh, I think that I can trust you. You know, I I don't want. I, I I really was trying to make sure that none of you were in the media. Mm. I don't think any of you are. Uh, there's been
3: be our our interests are entirely uh, with regard to. Mr. Punchin's well-being, and that of others who have been uh, explorers with Sarah Thompson. Mr. Reginald?
0: Well, let me take you in there.
3: Thank you.
0: So he takes you up to uh, Mr. Punchin's room, and when you walk in, uh, there's basically a bed on one side of the room and a bed on the other side of the room. And obviously the man who's sitting on his bed reading, uh, who is uh, not bandaged, uh, has a beard, mustache, uh, looks like he's a man probably in his 70s, sitting there quietly reading. Uh, That's obviously not Punchin'. That's probably Mr. Wayne. Uh, Behind Mr. Wayne on the wall are all sorts of pictures of cats that he has obviously drawn, and some of them are very good, and some of them are quite bizarre. They're they're stylistic and they're crazy lines and they're you know psychedelic colors. Like he's used every color in the rainbow, and they're pretty. They're interesting, um, and and he seems harmless enough. He smiles and. As you walk in the room, on the other side of the room is Mr. Punchin. He is bandaged up, uh, except for uh, his eyes and his face, his you know immediate face. Um, his hands are, are bandaged down almost to the fingertips, uh, and he's of course in uh, uh, whatever they you know put patients in. But he's covered. He's covered in bandages. Other than that. You can also see that the pay, that the bandages are stained in places, so he's probably still bleeding a little bit, and it's bleeding through. Uh, but he's sitting on his bed, and he looks quite, you know, nervous, especially when you walk into the room. Um, uh, Doctor Lawrence says, you know, uh, Mr. Punchin, uh these uh, gentlemen are here. Uh, to uh, ask some questions, and he's like, "I, I, I, I don't want to talk to the police. I already, I already talked to the police." He's like, "They're not the police. They're, they're friends." I don't know. don't oh, no, no. I, I, I don't, I, I don't know what, what, what they want. Um, who are you?
3: We are, uh, we are uh, separate from the children of tranquility, but we are approach you <laughs> with, with peace in mind and comfort. How, how, how do you know that? How do you know anything about that? Who we are you? Too have, we too have been involved in uh, strange experiences from the digs in
0: no, England. no, 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 no. As soon as you start mentioning things like the digs, he's freaking out a little bit. Uh, Felix, hustle Dr. Lawrence that? Uh, he's like, he's like, and, and he says, you know, they, they were watching me. They, they were watching me. He says, they were always watching. They still are out there. And he points like out, out into the garden. They're mm. watching us as well. It's all the same, and they want to kill me. Oh yeah, uh, they, they think I don't know, but the words, they speak to me, uh, they're in me now. They tell me things, they tell me of the watchers, the children of tranquility.
6: I know.
3: We have been under the scrutiny as well. You're safe here, and we want to make you safer.
0: No, 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 you don't understand at all. I want them to take me. Let them take me. Let them kill me. They should kill me. The question isn't, who are the watchers? The question is, who watches the watchers? Hmm? Yeah, that's the question. That's what the wards want to know. They're waiting for the watchers of the watchers.
6: That's what we're trying to find out. We're trying to find out who the watchers of the watchers are, because we know of them, and we want to find out who they are the words are correct
0: you're not sure if he's actually listening to you but he's he's looking around and and he seems somewhat disoriented
3: is there? i wonder if there's some comforting phrase in akkadian i can say aloud to him Hmm. Both speak an ancient dead tongue. Who who helped you with the ritual?
4: Who helped you carve the the words?
0: Um, at that point, he begins to screech a little bit, and uh, the doctor's like you know like this, and he becomes a little bit agitated, and uh, the doctor calls for a couple of orderlies, you know, to come in. And, and help sort of restrain him a bit. And they have some difficulty. You know, he's he's not a weak man, but uh, almost immediately, Mr. Wayne gets up off of his bed, and he comes over, and he says, now, now, Mr. Punchin, he says, calm down. Everything's going to be okay. These men are just here to talk to you. And you can see he looks up into Wayne's face, and, and Wayne looks into his, and he begins to, to sort of calm down, okay? Um, and Mr. Mr. Wang, you know, he has his hand on his shoulder, and he's like, it's okay. It's okay. Everything's going to be okay. Just calm down. And so after a few minutes, Mr. Punchin begins to calm down again. And he's like, he's like, no. He says, you don't understand. And now you can see there's some places like on his hands and fingers where there's definitely stuff scratched into them, but it's, it's pretty fine. You know, uh, you, you can't imagine doing that with a, a knife, a dagger where it shows.
3: More like a scalpel. Um, can, can nothing he, legible though
5: you gotten into a fight
0: with a cat? I suppose that there are ways that it might look like, you know, little cat scratches, but that's what cuneiform kind of looks like anyway, is little cat scratches. Um, uh, right about that moment, a nurse appears and uh, she's, she's like, uh, Mr. Punchin, it's time to change uh, your bandages. And uh, the doctor is like, uh, gentlemen, um, this should get you, if you're willing to see this, this will show you what, what actually has been done. Mm. And uh, at first, Mr. Punch is like, no, 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 don't, no, no, don't, don't let anybody look. They, you don't understand. They, they want you to read them. They want to be read. And she's like, now, you know, we have to change your bandages for, you know, hygiene. <clears throat> it takes a little convincing, and it takes the orderlies, and maybe they give him a little bit of a, an injection to calm him down a little bit. Uh, the doctor tells you that he has to be sedated quite often. Um, but she starts removing the bandages. And after, uh, after a few minutes... Uh, this is kind of what you are seeing.
1: Wow.
3: Mm. It's a great deal of text. And obviously he could not have self-imposed a lot of it.
4: Yeah, like the middle of his back uh, with that detail? Impossible.
5: And are you saying this is actually carved into his skin?
0: It is. It's still red. It's still... You can still see there's places in it that it's you know, still got little drips of blood. She has how, to,
5: how deep is it?
0: I don't know. Just, just through the skin, into the skin. Um, do a spot hidden, though, for everybody. I
5: made it a normal success.
3: Extreme. Extreme. Oh, 05.
0: Um, those of you who got extremes, actually, that's pretty good. You can tell that it goes right up under his hairline. Mm-hmm. It probably continues onto his skull, but his
5: hair okay, is there. Right. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, yeah there's no way he could have done this to
5: himself. There's I'm no not way even
0: he really co- could do to, do it to him either.
5: I'm not even concerned about how uh, about that it was done, but I mean, that's such minute detail to be carved into the skin. What kind of instrument could do that? It's certainly not a razor.
3: No. A scalpel, yeah, but barely a scalpel. That's true. It's very subtle.
0: They talk to me, you know. They talk to me inside my head. The words talk to me inside me. They say I should tell their secret. Tell the secret and then die. The secret the, the scroll wants to be read. It wants to be reunited with the others. Statue, tablet, scroll, horn, eye, and seal, in their unison is great Naboo revealed.
6: I understand all too well.
3: Um, Do you know where you, this text was before it was upon you? You can't um, be the first we can be the origin of this text it must be ancient he says he says the scrolls the scrolls the scrolls the three on the, the, wants, three to on be the read, wants to be read
6: i know it does
3: do you know why they did not protect you as you hoped um
0: he says no project protection too many mistakes. Too many mistakes. Have to get it just right. And then he starts screeching again, and they have to sedate him some more. And this time, as he's sedated, he starts to fall asleep.
5: Ah, the doctor's
0: love of Thorazine. The doctor's like, I think that's, that's all that we're going to get out of him. I hope it was in some way helpful.
3: It was instructive. Lawrence. perhaps
0: if you, if you find out something more you can come back and, and tell it to me so that we can hopefully find, find out what's at the root of all of this for him
3: uh, as, as we said earlier and as uh, Sir Thompson has suggested you know there's something deranging about the Far East that some men do not survive but we hope to find specifics that can allow us to help you soothe these sufferers. Um, Before we leave, I wonder if we might visit Mr. Simpkin. I think that that could be arranged, sure. I would love to see him again and see his improvement. All right. So once
0: again, you're walking down the corridors.
3: Being followed? No. <laughs>
1: um,
0: as you're walking along, of course, now you're in you're in areas where there are at least more serious patients, and um, there is a uh, one of the inmates steps in front of the lead investigator. So whoever's standing up in the front. Um, which one would that be? Let's say, yeah, Cyrus. Let's say Cyrus. He, He stops right in front of you and looks up into your face and he says, you're here about the shadow man, aren't you? Yeah. I seen him.
4: What's his name?
0: I don't know what his name was, but... There he was, just standing in the middle of the room. And then he vanished into the thin air. They think I'm crazy,
4: but I saw him. How long ago was this?
0: Just, 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 just an hour ago.
4: I look over my shoulder at the rest of the group and I look back. Uh, here, an hour ago? The, the
0: doctor's like, he just looks at you and he goes,
4: I'd give the doctor like I'm just going along with it. Did he say anything or do anything?
0: He's like, no, he just he just disappeared. Now, uh, Mr. Daniels, please return to your room. He's like, okay.
4: I throw Daniels a wink. I said, don't worry, I'll get him for you.
0: Um, anyways, he takes you to see Simkin and Simpkin is, uh, he's in a room, he's not restrained, but he is asleep, probably drugged. Uh, Physically, he's got more color in his skin, Uh, he's obviously put on a little bit of weight, they've been feeding him, Uh, he's cleaner, his hair is cut short, Um, he's been shaved, Looks a lot better than he did before. But mentally, he's still pretty damaged. And uh, the doctor says, you know, we're trying to make him as comfortable as possible. That's about all we can do for him. I don't think he's even ready for counseling. He's,
3: he's uh, generally unconscious at this hour.
0: <sighs> he's unconscious most of the time at this point. I'm not sure that he's slept in, in a long time.
4: Probably exhaustion.
3: Uh, yeah, it's a great deal of nervous exhaustion, exhaustion of anything else. Perhaps, um, oh, we could arrange to leave him a note, but not disturb him. That's possible, sure. Uh, it's, it, it is, uh, the residents have the potential to send messages outside some of them some of them not is right. zipkin is is entitled to if he's capable of doing so though oh uh, yes i believe so um he
0: he supplies you with what you need if you need to write a, a note um i would like the rest of you to do a spot hidden and we'll say that you're you know partially in the corridor partially you know within 20 feet or so of the rest
6: of <laughs>
5: Failed. Standard success.
0: Okay. Ah, Felix got a four. All right, Felix. uh, Just out of curiosity, you are in the corridor right outside the door, and there's another door directly across from you, which is open. And as you look inside, there is a man, and he's sitting in a chair facing a, a mirror that's on the wall. And he is completely unmovable. He's just staring at himself in the mirror, doing absolutely nothing else. Hmm. And just as you sort of turn away, you get the distinct impression that the man in the reflection turned his head and looked at you, but not the guy in the chair.
2: Can I I walk into that room?
0: Sure. I'll
2: walk into that room. He's got me, he's got my attention now. I'll I'll look at my, I'll stand next to the fellow that's sitting down and I'll look at my reflection in that mirror alongside of him.
0: Okay. Yep. There's your reflection.
2: I'm going to keep looking at my reflection in the mirror.
0: Okay. Nothing happens. He's staring at his reflection. You're staring at yours. So you're just staring? Yep. Nothing's happening. Do you say anything?
2: Just staring. Okay. Just watching. Now go to turn to turn to go back out, but then I turn back real quick to try to catch it looking at me.
0: Do a spot hidden. 94.
2: Yeah, you don't see anything. I'm going to lean down to the guy that's real, being real still. I'm going to say, I saw you look at me.
0: No response. Well, do a spot hidden.
2: (laughs) 24. That is a hard success.
0: Okay. As you do that, you're not dead sure, but you think that his facial expression changed just a little bit, but not him, the guy in the mirror. And it was in that moment that you weren't quite looking at the mirror that that you saw this. You're you're sure it it must be. It's just a trick of your mind.
2: Hmm. I'm going to walk back out there, back out into the corridor.
0: There, okay. Um, The doctor had. Well, the doctor had stepped before you do that. The doctor had uh, stepped out and left you guys looking at something for a moment. And he sees you in there. And uh, uh, he comes in and he talks. He, he says to you, he says, um, as I told you, there's some, some rather interesting cases. And he looks at the man in the chair. And then he looks at the mirror. And he says, how are you doing today? And he says it to the guy in the mirror. And the guy in the chair says something very, very strange that at first you don't understand. It sounds like a foreign language until you realize that what he said was, uh, I'm fine, but he said it backwards. He says, yes, uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Leo Johnson here speaks in reverse. Hmm. Um anyway, you all end up back in the room with Simpkin, and there's not really anything that you can do so you did you leave a note, Reginald
3: yes, uh you know the a number at the Wetwork club uh mentioned of the fact that we're um that he has a new um, friend in the institution that we'd like to keep an eye on and um if he has any distress, he should reach out to us. Okay.
4: I wanted to ask the doctor if either of these patients have had other visitors. Um, no.
0: Other than Reginald Thompson uh, getting him committed
4: and signing the papers, that's the last anybody's come. So. Reginald hasn't been back. Just when you had them committed. Correct. Okay. Then I believe it was just five days ago. So all
0: right. So unless you have any more questions at the of the doctor, you'll you'll leave Bedlam. And that's where we'll end it for the week. All right. Our players included Jason Mellonchok, John Byram, Ford Fitch, Jerry Bryant, and David Gassaway with yours truly as a keeper of the secrets. We're currently producing up to five shows a week with music and sound effects added in post-production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The costs involved with the show are provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to join our show, visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below.